Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Well, are y'all ready for the Word tonight? I'm, I'm thrilled. I'll get to it eventually. It's in Ecclesiastes 3. If you want to turn there, you've got plenty of time as I'm not starting out reading that. I want to kind of set this up. I, I am, once again, I, I was talking earlier about apologetics and us being a, a teacher of different topics. And this topic that I'm talking about this evening is a topic that is real practical. Now, this series is Faith too. And what I'm telling you, to live in the kingdom of God, to live according to his mandates and what he's asked us to, you have to have faith. You you got to because the world's not given that to you. God gave it to us. He gave us his word and we live by that. And and so we have to live by faith in a world that says, y'all are crazy for acting like this. And there are so many in life that try to discount God's ways. I don't know if you've had to deal with that this week, but just on your job site, just just in your work atmosphere, probably even with your own family members. They, they think you're crazy because you give up a Wednesday night to come to church, that your weekends are spent preparing and getting excited about spending time with God's people. Now, I, I don't know, maybe you're the exception and everybody in your family is just sold out. But most of us have somebody that's probably looking at us going, y'all are a little weird. In fact, it's not about you, it's about God that they think's a little weird. Now, they're not going to say that, but they're going to think the ways of God just really aren't right or they don't know them, and so they see you trying to live by that in your life, and really it's a reflection on him, not you. The God of the Bible is above everything. The God of the Bible, and and people in this world try to take God and put him in a little box like this is who he is. And he's not, the God of the Bible is above all things. And, And one of the things that I used to teach a lot on is the God is not affected by time, by space, or matter. See, if he was affected by time, space, or matter, then he would not be God. Now, I want to explain this. Time, space, and matter are are what we call a continuum. Now, I I know some big words here, but they all, all those things, time, space, and matter have to come into existence in the same instant. Now, I'm getting real deep real fast, but you're going to follow me. If there were no, let me say I guess, if there were matter but no space, where would you put matter? If there were matter and space but no time, what would you put it in? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They all have to be there. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible is so clear, and it answers all of this in the first 10 words in Genesis. It says, in the beginning, time, 
God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. Time, space, and matter were created by God. A trinity of trinities, if you will. Time, past, present, future. Space, length, width, height. Matter, solid, liquid, gas. Y'all still with me? The God who created them has to be outside of them. And we just don't get that. And we don't even as Christians sometimes think about this. But God created all this, the Trinity of Trinities. And he created them so he's outside of them and he's not limited by them. Say that again. He's not limited by them. By time, space, or matter. And so when we start ta- talking about space, the vastness of space, I mean, there's space in this room, but I'm even outer space, God is outside of that. And so we're, I just saw on the news this week, they found a little, little green light that they have now saw on a telescope on the face of Mars. I don't know what they're trying to pull. Maybe it's, but big deal. Have you, the sun has light. I'm not sitting here going, wow, y'all are trying to figure out and act like you're really smart. God's outside of all of that, even a little green light on Mars. God's bigger than any of that, and we get caught up like we're getting ready to really know something. We don't know anything comparatively. God knows it all. See, the guy who created the computer is not in the computer. I lost you. See, he's not running around changing the numbers on the screen. He created all this so you could use it, so you could take care of it, but he's not inside of it. He created it for an intended purpose. God who created this universe is outside the universe. He's above it. He's through it. He's all in it when he wants to be, but he's not affected by it. Now, let me get a little further with this. So, If you believe everything I just said based on the word of God, because we use the first of Genesis to talk about time, space, and matter, we have a God who created all this. And God created time. And what we're always doing is trying to figure out how we fit in this. And so I want to talk about tonight the faith to prioritize your time. Prioritize time. How do we deal with time? And what is this about time? He left us here to take care of his creation. Now, we spent a whole year talking about this several years ago. But Genesis 2.15, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to do what? To tend it and to watch over it. That's why you're here. If you've ever, What am I doing here? You're to tend and watch over things. Tend and watch over what God created. You're to tend and watch over what God created. You're to tend and watch over what God created. So you got to get that. You're to tend and watch over what God created. Well, God created, and we're always talking about God created the earth, so we're always talking about how we take care of the earth. And we're also talking about how we take care of us. But you know what we don't talk a lot about? The creation of time. How you take care of time. What God created it, we're supposed to take care of it. And so 
I want to talk about tonight how you prioritize and take care of time. And and it takes faith to take care of time. You're taking care of his creation, and you're going to have to do it the way he designed it, not the way the world tells you it's supposed to go. They're trying to freak you out all the time and, and, and get you concerned about what's going on with time. And next week, we might be facing this, and next month, we might... What God's concerned with is what you're doing right now in the time that he has allotted you to be in. So, it takes faith to take care of. And faith is doing what he asked us to do. Not doing what you want. Not doing just what you desire, if you will. But what God said, this is what you got to do. And another word for taking care of so you can say, well, where's prioritize come in? That's, that's the equal to. Prioritize is to take care of. It's to put in the correct order. It's to do it the way he wants it done in the time that he's given us. Now, we have to understand that we're in time and God's outside of it and God's eternal. And we have a desire as God's kids to understand him. I mean, really, we want to understand God. That's a desire of every person that... that surrenders their life to him, is trying to understand what he's asked, what he's doing, what we're to do, how we're to look like him. And we want so bad to be that. The problem is that we are finite beings. We are limited. And God is infinite and he is unlimited. So I just want to kind of go with this statement tonight that fits the narrative of what I'm talking about. We live our whole life knowing that there should be a limit to our knowing. Now, that's confusing. We live our whole life wanting to know, but you need to know part of that knowing is you're not going to know everything God. There's going to be a green light show up on Mars, and we're not really going to know what that means. Now, we got people who are going to tell you what it is, but I'm telling you, God's not confused and wondering, I wonder what that green light was they found on my planet. See, God's not doing that. It's just, he is so above and beyond all of this, and we're all the time trying to figure out God, and what I'm telling you is you're not going to figure out everything, but that doesn't mean you don't pursue. That doesn't mean you don't work towards. See, man did not create time, and man doesn't control time. And we spend our life trying to control time. We spend our life trying to stop time. I don't want to age anymore. Well, guess what? That ain't working so well. You're going to. My mama don't look like the same person she did when I I was a kid. That's not saying she's not beautiful, but she looks different. My kids would say I look different than when I, I, you you understand that time is ticking and tick. Remind you of a song that's the old song. Some of you my age and older got that, but anyway, there is peace. When you have faith in God to know there's enough time. But we live thinking there's just not enough time. There's just not enough time in my day. I just don't have enough time. Come on, who's been guilty of saying that? We, we all do. There's just not enough time. There, well, what I'm telling you, there's exactly the amount of time that God created for there to be, and there's enough time for you to do everything that God asked you to do. Otherwise, he wouldn't be above it, and he wouldn't have placed you in it, and he wouldn't have created it for your benefit. 
not your destruction. We're just not prioritizing right, and therefore we're living all twisted up, and we're frustrated because there's just not enough time. There's just not enough time. You know, there's people that drive here from Rogersville to go to church here. That, do you know how much time that takes? I sure hope it's worth it for them. See, I'm, I'm just saying, Jesus all through Scripture talks about time. Now, I'm not going to turn to all these. I'm just going to read some real quick. And for those of you that read your word, and since it's Wednesday night, I'm assuming a bunch of you have probably heard some of these. But Jesus himself said, it's not my time. It, he, it's, it's not time yet. He said, the time has not come. He said, only the Father knows the time. He said, at one point, my time is at hand. And he said, according to the time. And then he would say, in due time. And he'd say, judge nothing before time. And I, I mean, just on and on and on. And if you look up time in the concordance, you know it's not even listed. And here's why. Because there are so many scripture, scriptures that reference time, it's not going to be there. And you would have to have a whole book just to reference all the places that you would have time in scripture. Much of our thinking, though, is very time-centered. In fact, our conversation is time-centered. When you're talking to somebody, Michelle and I were just visiting today. We're going through the calendar, and we're looking at what we're doing in the next week and the next two weeks. All of those have to do with time. Do we have time to do this, and what do we think about this? Is this what we should do now? How should we fill our time? If you're ever in a conversation with someone that you're meeting, one of the questions is, how old are you? Especially young people. Well, that has to do with time. How long have you lived here? When are you retiring? When are you going to start your new job? How long have you been married? How long we need to work at this job? How long is this job going to take you? How long? How long? Men to women, how long is it going to take you to get ready? Good grief. What time do we start? How long do you want to stay? These are questions of my wife and I. How, how long? We're going out. We're doing something. How long do you want to stay? And sometimes it's, well, I want to stay just as long as they'll have us. I, I oftentimes outstay my welcome because my mouth won't shut up. But, but time is a part of everyday, come on, are you getting this? It's a part of everything we're doing. And the time something happens is very significant. Now, things happen, I get that, but there are right things at wrong times. See, right things at wrong times. And we're not always aware of this. See, a mother being pregnant and making an announcement that they're pregnant is awesome in the right time. But at 14 years of age announcing their pregnancy, we didn't understand right timing. And it's not quite the excitement, although it's the same thing that happened, pregnancy. Are, are you hearing me? See, the, you got to understand that in, in timing is very, very important. And prioritizing it and making it happen when God wants it to happen is important. You can learn to work with time and, and you can experience joy and peace by working in a time frame. Or time can create worry, stress, and pressure in your whole life. And a lot of people who are late all the time understand this. And people that work with people who are late all the time understand this. Now, a meeting starts at 7, and me, we're starting at 7. And there are so many that just cannot manage time, and it's getting them. And it's 
getting everyone around them. Now, that's not all that I'm talking about tonight. You have to understand the importance of time. Just an hourly wage. Somebody's getting the same pay for someone else, and they only show up for 45 minutes, and you're there an hour, and you got paid the same thing. That's going to produce some frustration real quick. We need to acknowledge that there's only 24 hours in a day, and you're going to have to figure out how to work in that 24 hours to accomplish what God asked you to do. And I'm just sick and tired of God's people living stressed and frustrated because they don't have enough time when they have the exact amount of time God created. You have the exact amount of time that God created for you to be successful and to do what he's asked. People habitually late. Come on, everybody knows someone, and you don't need to punch somebody next to you. Everybody knows someone habitually late, and they live stressed out and frustrated. And if they're not stressed out and frustrated, then they're a little bit all about them, and everybody around them lives frustrated and stressed out because of them being late. Everybody gets this, and I'm not trying to step on any toes tonight, but if it's you, um, listen up. This is good stuff. God created time for us to be on a time schedule. Now, this rubs Christians so wrong, but God created time for us to live based on a schedule. You say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Look at Jesus. Look at his life. Jesus understood his earth walk. When he came here, he entered time. And Jesus lived in time restraints. He did. We need to see him as our example. And he knew when he needed to do whatever it was he needed to do. And he knew when he needed to not do what he was supposed to do. And he knew the time it was supposed to be done in. I mean, you just can't read the word and not see this. Jesus would say to his disciples, hey, guys, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. Or he would say, hey, it's my time. And if you read Jesus saying that and you saying, well, God's not limited by time, so we shouldn't be, you've messed this whole thing up. He created you to live in time and in a 24-hour-a-day period. Peace and joy come from you doing the right thing in the right time. So many young people mess their whole life up because they're trying to do things that you don't do until you're married. They mess their whole life up because they're trying to do right things, but their timing's off. You don't buy a car when you don't have the money to pay for your apartment rent. See, there's just time. Well, I need both. No, no, just move. There's subway systems at different cities. Maybe you don't need to live here. Maybe you need to get another job. I don't know, but your timing's off, and you're trying to get too many bills with not the timing. Just everything in life can be pointed back to this, and if we would prioritize it, we'd be in a lot better place. I've watched moms that just had a baby, married, their husband's living, doing a great job, making a living to the best of his ability. And then they decide they're going to go back to college and they have a child at home. And he's taking care. Right now, college is probably not the right time or the child's not going to have a mom. Now, I, there's a lot of different ways you can get. Well, you don't understand. You're right, I don't. I watch people prioritize things that sends their life into a whirlwind and I'm like, 
you, you didn't think that through real well. Your timing's way off. Otherwise, you'd be living in peace and joy, but you're not. So if you're living in peace and joy and you're able to make that all happen in your time and your marriage is good and your kids are good and you're able to go to school, praise God for it. But timing is very important. Do you know the most important ingredients to a rain dance is time? You dance at the right time, it's going to rain. Time limits everything you're going to do, and we've got to learn when it is our time. God said in Ecclesiastes 3, uh, if, if you want to follow along in your Bible or you want to look on the screen, it says, for everything there is a season. Now, I know you've heard this because it was a big line in Footloose several years ago, if you've ever seen that movie. That was their big deal. There's a time to dance, so you're going to read that in here, and they were trying to okay dancing. The thing that I wanted the pastor to say or the dad to say back is, yep, but that time's not right now. You're to be obedient, right? Anyway, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9 says, what do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He's planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Well, there's so much to say here. Everything happens or doesn't happen as time is going on. So as time is moving, things either happen or don't happen. And if we'd figure out how to prioritize it, it would start happening for us. But we, as God's people, don't recognize how important it is to manage our place in God's time. We'll be very careful about how I say that. See, the, the thing that Jesus did at 12 years old was always amazing to me when I'd read it in Scripture. He's sitting in God's house, and he's talking to the rabbis, and they're amazed by him because he knew so much. And so I've, I've read that, and I've thought, how cool is that, that they're all wowed by this 12-year-old boy? Well, they didn't understand who he really was. But not only that, he did understand that he was in time. Here's why. He could have taken off with his knowledge at 12 years old and did everything that he needed to do for us. But you know why he didn't? Because he was submitted to time that God had placed him in. And so he spent, till he was 30 years old, going to work in a carpentry shop. And he worked. And he came home. And he'd go to work. And he'd come home. And he'd go to work. And he'd come home. And he'd go to And he did that for 30 years, and then he started a ministry. Did that give him time to learn more? 
He was all man, but he was all God. I don't understand all of that, but what I can tell you I do understand is for some reason he submitted to God's time and his timing. And so it's really hard for me. I was 34 before I felt like God had really called us into ministry. And it's hard for me to watch someone 18, 19, 20 years old just go into ministry and never been into the workforce. It's just hard for me. Now, just Ashley talking. And here's why. It's not that they weren't called. Jesus was called at 12. It's very clear. But he didn't start anything until he was 30. Why? Because he had a lot more influence in my mind of going to work and having a job and doing what he had. He had submitted himself to time. We got so many people at 18 years old think they can just, they got the whole world figured out and they haven't put enough time in to open their mouth yet. Come on, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. So put your time in. Put your time in and then you can watch how God will use that. The problem with time is, God, why did this happen? Why did this happen, and where were you when this happened? That's the problem with so many Christians. We start questioning, okay, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand why this, I mean, I can't even serve a God who would let this happen to me. And you can fill in the blanks of whatever story you want, but I just can't believe this happened. What we don't grasp is that God is eternal and not limited. You have to understand this. We think oftentimes we're more spiritual when we act like God and don't limit ourselves by time. I have been in countless church services, and I've been ridiculed here at times. At times. See, we all conversation. I've been ridiculed because, really, we're going to end service at 7.30? Yep. You can look at your watch right now, and i got about 10 minutes left. Seriously, we're going to stop at 7.30? You can pretty much count on that I limit myself by time. I do the same thing on Sundays. Well, I don't understand why we don't just... Because everybody lives based on a time schedule. And God set it up that way, and for us to act like he didn't is just taking God and saying, it's not really important that I manage what you told me to take care of. We think we're going to be more spiritual than he is. He set himself in a position of time. Are you hearing me? I'm not saying that we can't have a supernatural move of God, but it doesn't have to happen at 1.30. It can happen at 11.45. I'm probably rubbing some of y'all wrong, but you need to hear God created time, and we need to learn to respect it a little better. Why? Because he wants us to produce in the time that we've been given. And when you got a pot roast at home, I've got to get off this then you need to get home and take care of it and feed your family and let's invest in family. Until we get this, we're going to completely misunderstand God's purpose. Isaiah says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. And the reason is that he can see the beginning from the end. We just don't have the perspective that he has. He can see it all and we don't and we're trying to act like we can. Ecclesiastes 3.11, we just read it. It says that he has placed eternity in the human heart. Eternity is in our heart, but we still don't get it. Eternity is in our heart, but we don't understand it's based on us being in time. Being in time. Now listen to this. God doesn't measure life based on the duration of it. 
Life is measured based on your donation to it. At a funeral, you've heard it said, boy, he lived a long, good life. God doesn't measure good based on long. He measures it by well done. So what are you doing with your 24 hours? God sees life as a purpose, not a length of time. Life is meaningless without a purpose. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't reference how long people live and that we're not believing for life. That's not what I said. So don't hear something different. What I'm telling you is make sure and take what God has given you today and be effective with it. Be on time. Do the right thing with your time. Heard a story about a man driving a visitor around his time, town, around his town, and he took a shortcut. The road was curvy and hilly, and the man apologized and said, I'm sorry about the road, but this way will save us about five minutes. To which the visitor said, and what will we do with the five minutes we saved? Wow. We're going through every yellow light just so that we can get past that and not have to stop. Why? Because we want the other side, not because we really have purpose in what we're doing. Or because we didn't leave early enough to get where we're supposed to be on time. We're going through life just going, please don't turn yellow. And we're at a breakneck speed and we're missing what God said is important in the time that he's given us. Saving five minutes on a drive is meaningless if something isn't done with the five minutes you saved. I want you to see that. I think that's really important. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, I want you to hear that. The sermon topic was really to get you to see tonight. Time is given by God for you to produce in it. That's what he gave it to us for. So what is your time producing? Giving every second to something that's doing nothing for the kingdom is not going to produce peace for you. It's going to produce stress, fear, worry, and frustration. Now, when we live submitted to the time God has given us to accomplish what God wants done with the time that he has given us, then we will have peace and we will have joy. So I want to ask you tonight, Are you working on making sure that every second of your day, which is time, is being productive? Now, I'm not talking about that you can't ever take a nap on the couch. There's time for that. I'm not saying you can't ever dance. There's time for that. I'm not saying that you can't ever go out and do something that didn't have to do with church. There's time for that. However, I am saying that everything we do needs to be producing for the kingdom of God. And when it's not, then you've got to ask yourself, is this something I want to be involved with? It's usually a real easy answer. When you start saying, God, I want to know what I've got planned tomorrow. Is that fitting into what you would want me to do with the time that you have given it? Because I am responsible for managing and taking care of your creation. And since I understand that you created time, I want to make sure what I'm doing tomorrow is what you would want me to do. Now, most of the time, if you were to ask God that question, more than likely you would already know the answer before you asked it. 
we're not asking God that because time is all based on what we want to do, not what God's asked us to do, unless we're in communication with him. So I end with just some thoughts here tonight. Some areas to make sure that you have fitted into your day. These are just things you need to have fitted into your day. Time to talk to God. You need time to talk to God. You need time to hear from God. A lot of people are wanting him to speak verbally when he's given you a word and you won't even read it. And he speaks through it all the time. Make time to hear from God. Make time to work on your marriage. Make time to be a great parent or a great great grandparent. Make time. Make time to invest in people. Two greatest commandments, love God and love people. It's hard to love people when you don't make any time for them. Make time for people. Make time to invest in taking care of your own person, all three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Make time to plant. Make time to sow. Plant and sow. Make time to tend it. And then make time to harvest. Make time to give yourself to the church, the body, the bride, and the building. We did a whole teaching on that at the beginning of this year. But you're a significant part of that, and your part means that there's time that's involved in it. Let me give you some don'ts. Don't overbook. Don't overcommit because it will produce stress in your life. Well, how do I know what to commit to? Ask God if you're not sure. Talk to him about it. Read his word. Ask yourself this question. If I give myself to this, is the, the time I'm giving myself going to be a big enough reward for the investment I'm getting ready to make? Is this time worth it? Is it worth it for me? Don't do something right in the wrong season. Well, that was the right thing to do. Yeah, but it was the wrong season for you. Don't overcommit. Don't, don't overbook. Don't do something right in the wrong season. And always ask, is this time I'm submitting myself to what God would have me do right now? I, Michelle and I make plans all the time. And as we're making them, it's always very important that we consider how it's going to affect, first and foremost, our marriage, how it's going to affect our kids, how it's going to affect all the things that God has said is important in his word. Therefore, we prioritize. Make sure your priorities are where they need to be and you'll live a blessed and you live a peaceful life regardless of what happens because it's all in God's timing that he created and he's given you to take care of, to prioritize. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church where it's more than a church, it's family.